This is Two Quixotes for the Instituto Cervantes in Sydney. I'm Zesha Rosen. One of Shakespeare's plays is kind of based on a story in Cervantes' book Don Quixote. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Um, all right, so to understand the thing behind this, this play, Shakespeare's maybe lost, maybe Don Quixote play, you need to understand that after The Tempest, which is the last play Shakespeare writes by himself in 1611, four years before both he and Cervantes die, Shakespeare started to write plays with other guys. He collaborated. I mean, Penny Gay knows this. You can make inferences that, after all, the Globe has been a massive success as a state-of-the-art theatre. They want more new plays. They've also, by this stage, got an indoor theatre at the Blackfriars so that they can play through the winter as well, so they can play for virtually 12 months long. And they need new plays. Can't we have some more new plays from Mr. Shakespeare, who has been far and away our most successful playwright? Mr. Shakespeare says, sod off, I'm tired. I'm going to retire to Stratford. So younger playwrights, Fletcher particularly, will come in and do the legwork. They do the opening of the play. They sort of put the plot together and they get Shakespeare in just to say, look, write us one of your fabulous reconciliation scenes or something like that. That's certainly how it feels to me when I go and see these collaborative plays in the theatre. There are just moments of total magic and there's an awful lot of clod-hopping standard plot writing. So Penny is Team Shakespeare, but this Fletcher, John Fletcher, another 17th century playwright, kind of has a team as well. I'm Hugh Griffiths and I teach Shakespeare at the University of Sydney. Hugh's much more generous about this guy's talents. Well, I'm much more generous about Fletcher's talents. Shakespeare's collaboration with Fletcher takes us to the strongest connection between Shakespeare and Cervantes. Fletcher and Shakespeare are meant to have worked together to write a play called Cardenio, a play said to be based on a story from Don Quixote about a guy called Cardenio who has a falling out with one of his friends. Two friends falling out. That's a pretty standard plot for the early 1600s. Here's the original story from part one of Don Quixote. Cardinio and Ferdinand are friends, and they're both betrothed to different women. Cardinio to Lucinda, and Fernando is betrothed to Dorothea. Fernando, however, is a somewhat dodgy character and steals Lucinda away from Cardinio. This turns Cardinio mad, and that's where Don Quixote encounters him. Don Quixote watches him in the hills as he's ranting and raving, and it's in some ways a mirror image of the insane Don Quixote looking at equally insane Cardinio, and they both try and interpret each other. But as the story unravels, it turns out that Dorothea is also there in the hills, and she starts to accompany Don Quixote on his adventures. And as the story kind of unravels in amongst Don Quixote's own narrative, everything turns out all right in the end, and Cardinio gets to marry Lucinda, and Duke Fernando is reunited with Dorothea as well. But we don't actually have the play. We have a 1723 play based on Shakespeare's play. Or at least allegedly based on Shakespeare's play. It all gets a bit messy. It's like an episode of Serial, where you get all these scraps of information. Information that you have to put together into a chain of events, kind of did he or didn't he, trying to work out what the real story is here. Did Shakespeare write a play based on the Cardenio story with the rising star playwright John Fletcher? One of the key bits of evidence is an entry into the English Stationers' Register in 1653, years after Shakespeare's death, where a publisher called Mosley 
claims the rights to publish a play written, he says, by Shakespeare and John Fletcher, which he calls the history of Cardinia. On its own, that might not be much evidence because it's years after Shakespeare's death. And also we've got no text to back this up. It's not much evidence on its own. There's another bit of documentary evidence from earlier in the period, from 1613, which is an entry into an accounts book. And it's an accounts book for the treasure of the chamber. So things like royal expenses and expenses of the court, where it lists amounts of money paid to put on plays. And it includes a play which it calls Cardeno or Cardena, depending on how you read it. There are other plays listed alongside this, which are being performed by Shakespeare's company. So it's not a big stretch. Which sounds pretty conclusive. It isn't. There are actually quite a lot of people, including important theatre historians, who would say that they don't really match up and that that Cardeno play or Cardena play could be about anything. It could, for example, be about the city of Cardena. All right. The play could just be about that city. Or maybe a play called Cardenio was put on by Shakespeare's acting company and was the same play that Mosley claimed the rights to publish. There is another reason we think it might be real. Because a guy called Louis Theobald claims to have found it in the 18th century. It's kind of hard to pin the word ethical on Theobald because in some ways he seemed like a bit of a charlatan. But he could still have been telling the truth. Did Shakespeare read Cervantes? Maybe. The first part of Don Quixote was translated into English four years before they both died. We think Shakespeare might have read Don Quixote simply because of this possible play, Cardenio, that was produced by Shakespeare's acting company in 1613. But there was a translation of Don Quixote in 1612. Given his voracious appetite for reading, I think he would probably have read this already famous book the minute it was available in English. Which still doesn't mean that he was the driving force. It is possible that Shakespeare would have read Cervantes, particularly given the publication of Shelton's translation in 1612. But it seems more likely that Fletcher would have had a very strong interest in it, given his wider interest in Cervantes. Which still doesn't have to mean that he was the driving force behind the play Cardinio. Theobald claims that he's discovered a manuscript of a Shakespeare play which he says is based on the Cardinio story, but he publishes it in adapted form as Double Falsehood in 1723, claiming initially that it's based on a manuscript by Shakespeare, but in a second edition he later admits that actually it's by Shakespeare and Fletcher. This, by itself, isn't completely unbelievable. We came very close to losing a lot of Shakespeare plays forever, not long after his death. This is why the first folio of his plays is important like the one the State Library of New South Wales has. From the State Library, Maggie Patton. This one here is the first folio that was published in 1623. 36 of Shakespeare's plays are included. 18 of them had never been published before. Very important that they were published then, because they could have been lost. So finding a Shakespeare that hadn't been printed before wasn't weird by itself. So marrying that up with the earlier 17th century documentary evidence then a kind of pattern seems to emerge if we accept Theobald's claims that starts to suggest that there is somewhere at the back of this a real play called Cardinio that we've lost. Even so, there were still plenty of things about Theobald which made you say, really? And plenty of academic disagreement 
in the present day about Cardinia. To get to the heart of it, the modern controversy is, did Theobald make it all up? Is he just passing off a forgery and trying to sell a, a kind of average play <laughs> by attaching it to the name of Shakespeare and then having to admit that he might have to attach it to the name of Fletcher as well? My feeling is that it looks very much like an 18th century adaptation of an earlier play. I have colleagues who work on author attribution. They see traces of Fletcher and Shakespeare in certain scenes. And I believe that they are convinced by their evidence. I think it's a bit of a leap there from that to kind of very clearly identify what we have as double falsehood as securely something to do with an original play. If I was a betting <laughs> were to bet, I would bet that yes, that there is a Shakespeare and Fletcher play somewhere in the background, but that it's been radically adapted by Theobald. Now, that seems like a kind of fantasy that we shouldn't engage with as scholars, but actually, given the existence of the Cervantes text, and given the existence of the 18th century play, and also given the existence of other Shakespeare and Fletcher collaborations, it's actually not such a fantasy. As Shakespeare's dying, Fletcher's career is going strong. At the time that Shakespeare retired from writing, shortly before he died in 1616, the most successful playwright was already John Fletcher. And after Shakespeare's retirement and after his death, John Fletcher went on to be a fantastically successful playwright. Fletcher takes over from Shakespeare as the key playwright for the King's Men on, on Shakespeare's death. Whilst it's kind of, it feels like you should think, well, it's Shakespeare who's the dominant influence here, and you've got Fletcher as the apprentice learning his craft from Shakespeare. He's also incredibly innovative. And one of the things that we might think about with Shakespeare's late plays is not that Shakespeare is leading the way and Fletcher is following, but the other way around that Fletcher is innovating and Shakespeare is struggling or trying really hard to catch up. Which leaves us with just one thing, really. A link we do know is real. Shakespeare's collaborator, John Fletcher, brought Cervantes' work to the English stage. Fletcher is a very assiduous and innovative reader of Cervantes, and he goes to Cervantes precisely to look for innovation, for ways to tell stories differently. So right at the time that both Shakespeare and Cervantes are dying in 1616, Fletcher is actually writing a new play called The Chances, one of the few plays that he wrote on his own. And this is based on one of the stories from Cervantes' novelas ejemplares, La Señora Cornelia, which not many people were reading and adapting, but Fletcher was reading and adapting them. And again, it tells a story that Fletcher and everybody is really interested in, of two male friends who fall in love with the same woman. Yeah. That does sound familiar. Two men, of similar standing, into the same kind of thing. It was a popular plot around then. Two Quixotes is produced by Paul Yell, presented and edited by me, I'm Zasha Rosen, and made by the Instituto Cervantes in Sydney. Music in this episode by Rosie Catalano and Chris Zabriskie. See the episode notes for full details. If you like this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us get the word out about these three great dead authors. A good one would be nice, but we're not fussy. Next time, we'll be talking about where Don Quixote went after 1616. And how. Thanks for listening.